Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What is going on, Love Tribe? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we have a 
Very fun episode today where Chase and I share a little bit of our... Uh, Conflict surrounding <laughs> chocolate. Yes, around chocolate, our annoying behaviors. So stay tuned to learn a little bit more about us and our annoying behaviors. <laughs> yeah, we dive <laughs> in and talk about how to address the annoying behaviors of your partner. And Sarah hinted at my thing that annoys her, and it involves me eating all her chocolate. And I'm terribly sorry for that. And I'm much better now. <laughs> I forgive you. And yes, you have improved very much over the past couple of months. So I appreciate the effort. <laughs> <laughs> and we run through this issue and others with Dr. Seth Gillahan, who is a clinical psychologist, author, blogger, and host of the Think, Act, Be podcast. And he gave us some great tips to navigate how we can discuss with our partner their annoying behaviors and move forward without them annoying you as much. And that doesn't necessarily mean your partner changing. And there are some important distinctions there. So stay tuned for that. And as always, we really appreciate you guys tuning in, telling a friend about the podcast. That helps a lot subscribing. And uh, yeah, we are just cruising along here, recording a bunch of episodes lately. I feel like they've been coming out really insightful kind of conversations that we haven't had after 200 episodes. We've had a lot of great ones, but I don't know. It just feels like we're hitting another level here <laughs> in the podcast. So uh, hopefully you guys are experiencing that for yourselves. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Seth. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, Sarah. It's a privilege to be here. Today's topic is one that I know a lot of our listeners probably relate to. I have trouble with this because I can't find any annoying behaviors from Sarah. Wink, <laughs> wink, wink. She oh, could probably <laughs> find a lot more from me. But, but that is how to address annoying behaviors from your partner. And we thought a good place to start would be distinguishing between an annoying behavior and a toxic relationship habit. Yeah, that's a great distinction to make because if something is truly toxic, then, yeah, it's not the kind of thing that I would expect partners to be able to really come together and, and work collaboratively on. But what we're going to be talking really more about is, you know, these, those things your partner does that maybe if they had more information, uh, if they knew your perspective, if they was, even if it was just brought to their awareness, maybe it's something that they actually could change. And we assume goodwill on the part of both partners that that partners want to do the best they can and be the best person they can be for their partner. So what do you say to somebody that maybe they are the one with the annoying behavior and, and they want their partner just to accept them for the way they are? 
what would you say to them? Well, I mean, I might emphasize that, I mean, it's in a way, it's an opportunity to give your partner a gift, you know, to give them the gift of a better partner. And, and that's really, I mean, I don't think any of us got into a relationship with someone expecting that, that we were perfect exactly as we are, that there was nothing about ourselves that the other person uh, would find annoying. And so, I mean, it's uh, that, that sort of my way or the highway um, attitude, obviously it doesn't do much for relationships. We can ask the person how well that's worked so far in their relationship or turn it around and ask how they would, how they would like it. If, if that's how their partner approached them, that's that they weren't going to change. Hey, this is just me. Um, and, but you know, an important part of the conversation for all this, whether we're the ones with the, the annoying behavior or if it's our partner, we need to know it's, it's something that they have some kind of control over. Like, you know, if a person has, um, or maybe a, a somewhat grating laugh. Maybe that can be trained. I don't know, but that's not so much what we're talking about. Or, or someone snores in their sleep. Again, maybe there are solutions, but maybe there aren't. We're going to be talking more about things that a person has some reasonable degree of control over. And therein lies the big question. The devil is in the details. And I want to talk about how we can address this. But to me, it is really important like what should we even be bringing up like you you said an annoying laugh that might someone's laugh might really grate their partner but obviously you've you've been laughing a certain way for 30 years and can't just flip a switch so can we maybe go over like some specific examples and when it might be okay to address it or just when it's just don't even bring it up I know, and there's going to be some gray areas there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. And, and like you said, the devil's in the details and, and, uh, and there are like with pretty much any relationship issue, uh, very few you know, black or white distinctions we can make, but I think one important one to make is, so here's an example. If my wife said to me, you know, I'm kind of annoyed by your lack of hair. You know, I, I didn't picture myself with a bald guy and, you know, you had hair and we met. I mean, I, I could do something about that, right? There are things that could be done, uh, maybe more options before it was all gone. But but that's, you know, maybe not a, a, a realistic request. And, and more what we're, what we're talking about would be things that, uh, they're, they're probably repetitive issues, things that, uh, that, that keep happening. And I mean, I think we always want to start with the assumption that our partner is doing the best they can. Usually if they're, if they're doing something to annoy us, either we, we think they're doing it on purpose or they're just dumb or uh, they don't care. And all those might be true, but more likely it's just something they're not aware of. And so, or, or they're not sure how to, how to do it differently. So, uh, Again, an example in my own life, I had an annoying habit. I, I'm talking about it in the past tense. I actually did it again this morning in spite of myself. But in the middle of the morning rush, getting you know, th- three kids out the door, uh, everyone getting ready for the day, 
uh, my wife tends to have a lot on her mind and I'll, I'll ask her a question about scheduling. Hey, can I use the car at such and such time? Or are you able to, to do this or that? And until we actually had a conversation about it, we just had sort of a series of, of little uh, tiffs because I, uh, cause, because she was always annoyed that I was interrupting in the middle of things. I, it wouldn't have occurred to me that I could have done it differently, that I could have waited until she was done packing lunches or, um, or that, uh, I mean, even to realize that uh, like what was happening, I just thought, gosh, like it's not a big deal. I'm just asking a simple question. So I think those types of things, you know, I don't, I don't want to be an annoying person. I don't want to be the type of person who makes, my wife's uh, experience more difficult in the morning. And so, um, and that's something that I have some degree of, of control over and with that, uh, with that knowledge and with a little bit of imagination and, and maybe some collaborative problem solving, we can come, come up with a way that avoids those kinds of conflicts. When I hear that story and, and how, like where your wife is in that position of like being super busy and, a lot on her plate and then you're you're trying to ask her a, a question for example i feel like i can relate to that and a lot of people might as well with almost feeling a little bit disrespected in a sense not that you're intentionally doing it or chase intentionally does it to me but it's like hey we've we've talked about this a better way to handle things for example with with chase and i specifically Chase's little habit that drives me crazy is that <laughs> he will eat everything in the house. And even if it's like my specific like candy bar that I hide from him, he will find it and then eat it without asking me. And it drives me crazy because I feel more than anything disrespected because he's not asking if he can have some. He's just taking it. And so... I feel like with those types of behaviors, there is a way to handle it better. And so I would love some advice on how I should talk to Chase about sharing my feelings about how it's important for him to ask permission, really, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's a great point you bring up because a lot of times I mean, you and your wife and, and other people who are kind of on the receiving end of these uh boundary crossings or or these uh, disrespectful behaviors it's really irritating and yet if you react with irritation then suddenly you might seem like the bad guy like right. you know taking someone's candy bar or asking someone a quote unquote innocent question in the morning seems you know like fairly benign and then getting upset with the person might seem like, Oh my God, like, why are you making such a big deal about this? Why are you overreacting? And so, so first of all, that's, I mean, it's a difficult position to be in, to be the one who is, who is irritated, but um, maybe uh, more so than other people think you ought to be. So I think, I mean, bringing up issues with a partner is always a tough thing because in the heat of the moment, it's hard to get much traction on issues because, you know, one person is, is upset and the person's defensive and then it quickly devolves into a fight that doesn't really lead to anything productive. And then once it's blown over, people oftentimes just don't want to 
bring it up again because, you know, why, why rock the boat? So I think we have to, first of all, really make time to solve these problems. We have to you know, set aside the time and agree that we're going to talk about something, you know, without blindsiding the person um, and not, you know, we've got, uh, you know, two minutes before we have to head out the door or we're just about to turn off the lights and, oh, I just want to talk with you about something. And then everyone's tired or they're um, stressed and it's just not a good time to do it. So, so make space for it and then be straightforward. Describe what the issue is in as neutral of terms as possible. So rather than saying something like, you know, you have this annoying habit of eating things that I got for myself. Like you have no respect for me at all. Why do you do that? Not that you would say that, but, but that would be kind of the opposite of how we'd want to bring it up versus something like, you know, I've noticed that from time to time or you know, several times when I've, I've gotten food that, um, that I got for myself and, and I think that you know that it was for me and then you go ahead and eat it. Uh, so I just want to ask you, know, what's, uh, what's going on with that or um, what's up with that something? I mean, again, you can, can work with the language, but, but you want to actually ask the person a question. So it's not, it, the, the tone is not, what, what, what is that? Why do you do that? Which really is an accusation. It's like, why did that guy cut me off? We don't really mean it as a question. We mean like, what a jerk for cutting me off. So to ask, um, you know, why, why do you do that? Or, or have you noticed that too? Um, and, and then listen. So really try to get information from them. Maybe you find out that maybe your partner has, uh, has low uh, blood sugar crashes. Maybe they're mildly hypoglycemic. They say, oh, you know, I just get in this state. And, and, and if you actually listen and, and get that information, then the two of you are in a better position to solve it together. So, so those, that, those are really the first principles to uh, be straightforward and then ask, ask the person and listen. Because once you know what's going on, you're going to be in a much better position to solve that problem together. Let's take a quick break to talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Mint. So we recently shared with you guys that we switched from one of the big wireless providers to Mint Mobile, and we couldn't be happier because we are saving a ton of money each month. For the longest time, I was convinced that we needed to stay with our big wireless company because they have the best coverage, but Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile removed all the retail locations and overhead and are passing the savings directly to you. Starting at only $15 a month, all of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited nationwide talk and text and the choice of either 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. You can use your own phone and easily keep your same phone number. So to get your new wireless plan for just $15 a month and get your plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash I do. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash I do. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash I do. Today's episode is brought to you by Plan to Eat. 
So I am a big fan of planning out my meals in advance for the week and only having to go to the grocery store once. I have like a weird thing <laughs> about going to the grocery store more than once a week. You do. And I think it's rubbed off on me. So <laughs> I'm in the same boat, but I am horrible about organizing recipes and creating lists for the grocery store. I always end up forgetting like the crucial ingredient for whatever recipe I'm trying to make. And so we end up making like boring salads with grilled chicken. So no fun. They're all right. Sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. But for me, it's super important that Stella is introduced to a variety of flavors and foods, which means we need to start cooking a lot more. And Plan to Eat makes it a whole lot easier to do that. Plan to Eat was born from their desire to eat real and delicious food prepared at home. Plan to Eat is a tool to help you prepare delicious, wholesome food that nourishes both body and soul. So here is how it works. And I just gave Chase the whole demonstration and he is cool. super stoked. So <laughs> Plan to Eat is a subscription service that gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website. I just showed him how I clipped from like multiple websites create a meal plan, and then their software automatically creates and organizes a shopping list based on your plan. And like I just mentioned, I just added my favorite Kenyan braised beef recipe, which is so good. And I literally copy and pasted the URL and it turned it into a perfect grocery list. And it was super pretty because it's formatted like by each area in the grocery store of what you need to get. And so I am super stoked to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive, just like the technology or whatever is going right? on with the algorithm. I just don't even how, know what that is. It's amazing. <laughs> how it does that. And with your subscription, you can access your meal plans and shopping lists on your desktop and their mobile app. And they have a full-time support team to help you get started and answer any questions that you may have. Plan to Eat offers monthly and yearly options for $4.95 a month or $39 a year. That's only 75 cents a week. Whoa. Less than a dollar. Less than a dollar, people. If you didn't know what 75 <laughs> cents was. And they also include a free, fully functional 30-day trial with no payment required so you can easily see if it's right for you. Plan to Eat only has one big sale per year, but if you visit plantoeat.com slash I do, you can start a 60-day trial instead of their normal 30-day trial. For free. So, for free. So <laughs> check it out. We know it will make your life a lot easier like it has for mine. So visit plantoeat.com slash I do to start your free 60-day trial. I love how you mention um, the importance of how you're asking the question because I, in our specific situation, I've come across many times more blaming of the scenario, like, why are you doing that? And it just causes Chase to get defensive. And instead of having a productive conversation, we then start fighting about how we are arguing or talking to each other instead of the actual issue <laughs> itself. I know, I know. And, and you can go at many levels, like where you're arguing about the th way that you're arguing about the thing that you were <laughs> going to talk about and, and the whole thing starts to feel hopeless and, and uh, yeah, kind of eats its own tail. So yeah, and I, it's, I still have this idea at times, I think a lot of us do that, that if we just explain clearly enough 
to the, to the other person like how idiotic they are, but they'll get it. Like, <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm an idiot, but it never works. And it just, at the time, it just underscores for us like, oh, you're so dumb. Like, how can you not see this? How, or you're, you're so mean or you're so unfair or whatever. And yet, you know, like you're saying, we're all, I think we're all like that. That if, if we feel that we're being blamed or attacked, we immediately go on the defensive, which then, then it's just a fight. I hope Sarah will agree that I've gotten a little bit better at asking for permission. Do you agree? Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. you have. I think I, you know, it's funny because it, in across through our whole relationship, we've had these ongoing scenarios. Well, you know, we'll talk about it, talk about it. Sometimes it changes, sometimes it, it doesn't. And then sometimes I'll just have like a major blow up and like scare you, I think. And then you stop. <laughs> Well, <laughs> which isn't productive, but I don't know. It's like, well, I was going to say a major blow up for Sarah is like mild. Sarah yeah. is so mild mannered. And I think that's part of, I'm not trying to blame her. I like but, raise my voice. That's me like well, going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not throwing plates or anything, but what I was going to say is that her clearly explaining why it is she doesn't want me to eat it. Like saying, I feel disrespected when you do it. That I think is what got through to me. You know, I'm not perfect all the time, but when she explained it that way, it was like, okay, like I got to be respectful of her. It's not that she just doesn't want me eating her food because she's a, she was an only child and doesn't know how to share, <laughs> which is honestly like kind of my, you know, initial, like whatever. It's like, it's our house, it's our food, you know? And, and then I forget when it was, but she did, you know, she, she explained, you know, I feel disrespected when you do that and, and that changed it. And, and so getting to the underlying root of, why you feel annoyed with what your partner is doing is super valuable, but then communicating that to your partner, that's going to get you guys out of the pattern of arguing about the same thing over and over. Yeah, that's a great example, Chase, because what Sarah did was was expressed how your behavior affected her rather than emphasizing like you're you're being a jerk or you're being selfish, or you're being rude. Because all those all those types of accusations are debatable, right? Someone can say, you're being a jerk. And you say, no, I'm not. You're being a jerk. And then it's a total stalemate. But to express, you know, when you do this, I feel this way. It's hard to argue about that. It's hard. I mean, it's hard for a rational person to say, you don't feel that way. You don't feel disrespected. Like, well, no, I'm, I'm me. And I'm telling you, like, this is how I feel. And then, so there's, there's less, uh, less de- defensiveness on average, and, um, and maybe more, more of a, uh, an incentive to change because it's not, as you were describing, Chase, it wasn't just a matter of, uh, oh, I need to stop doing this because it's wrong, but, oh, I don't want my partner to feel disrespected by her, by her partner. And we want to feel heard. You know, Sarah wants me to, to hear her when she's saying, please don't eat my food. And I can imagine it just feels like I'm just poking her back if I'm just like, okay, and then the next week I eat it again, you know, and it's like, so if I can 
if she can communicate it and I can validate her feelings really so she feels heard, you're, you're over halfway there. Mm. You know, I'm just curious, was this some really irresistible food? <laughs> I, I was just thinking, uh, it's probably just, well, it normally is just chocolate. just chocolate but the thing is and i'll give you some context here is when we go to the store he gets like 95 percent, and i get like 70 with sea salt and Mm. somehow mine is completely gone and his 95 has not been touched (laughs) and i'm like well why do you get your 95 just get two of the one that we both eat i have i have a chocolate issue (laughs) It's very fixable. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm going to ask this as neutrally as possible. What's the deal with the 95? Right? Oh, you know. I mean, with with not eating it. I mean, I I would enjoy it. I don't eat chocolate anymore, but I would probably eat 95. But it's interesting to get it and not eat it. I know. Well, he does eat it after mine is all gone. (laughs) Then he'll eat his. You know, Seth, I think we need a whole other podcast to to psychoanalyze my issue with finishing Sarah's chocolate first. But, uh, you know, there's something there. But I think I, I've gotten pretty good. You have. You have. You've gotten much better. And, and leftovers used to be an issue, too, where I would just eat the leftovers. Uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty good. And a whole other dimension with our daughter, Stella who is kind of like on team Sarah, where she's recognizing that daddy will eat her food. (laughs) And (laughs) if it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm moving around a lot. I'm surfing a lot. I have, I have a big appetite. So I kind of don't think about it necessarily in, in guess what? I live in a house with other people and I need to be respectful of their, for lack of a better word, property or, or food, you know? And, uh, so I get it and, and, but it's just, it seems like a little thing and, and it can be, but it could also digress into resentment and, and just disconnect and all sorts of toxic relationship things if it's adding on to other places. So I, uh, definitely something, uh, it's funny, but not if you keep doing it. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, again, I like this example because it it points to uh, what I think of as the next step, which is to come up with solutions together. So if if you hadn't already resolved it, you could talk about like, all right, so so let's brainstorm together. You know, what are some ways that we can can solve this in a way that respects both of your needs? So you'd want, you know, Chase, you would have described your thing. You know, I come back from surfing and I'm I'm starving and all the salt's been sucked out of my body and obviously my body is craving sea salt. And so I have no control over it. It's the first thing I go to or whatever. You would have described what you need. And and Sarah would have listened to that. And then she would have said, all right, you know, once you made sure that she understood or reflected that back to you, then you could say, you know, here's my concern. And would describe, uh, you know, disappointment, you know, at the end of a long day or whenever she prefers her chocolates, open the cabinet. It's not there. I feel disrespected. I feel frustrated. We've talked about this before. And then you come up with solutions together that respect both of your needs. And so the nice thing about this example is it seems like there are fairly straightforward solutions that that could keep everyone happy. Unless 
Unless one of your needs, Chase, is to eat someone's chocolate who doesn't want you to eat their chocolate, but I <laughs> doubt that was part of it. I don't. I don't think that's the underlying uh, psychosis <laughs> that I'm that yeah. I have. But yeah, no, it's it's a good example and and one that I'm sure comes up in different forms. Obviously, maybe not just with food, but what would you tell someone in maybe more of a of a different situation where I know you use the hair example, but let's say one of the things I try to do is if I'm looking to change Sarah is, you know, she's doing something, a behavior that I don't like is to look back into myself. And it's like, why is that bothering me? I think that's an important exercise for people to think about. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. That's hugely important. Yeah. Cause those, it's so easy to see the things that annoy us in our partner and to completely externalize them and to to assume that it's a problem with them that's something that they're they're doing that's uh, that's um, offensive to us and disregarding our rights et cetera et cetera but but yeah, if we take a look at ourselves, the issue could just as likely be with us you know maybe we're I'm trying to think of my own um behaviors that I get annoyed with. Oh, here's one. Um, when my stuff, <laughs> this it just seems like such a, so obvious where the real problem is, but you know, when I've carefully left my stuff out where I can find it and then, you know, I can't find my shoes well, because my wife put them in the closet, in my closet. And I might be a little annoyed, like, oh, like, you know, I couldn't find them because they were, I left them out, you know, in the, in the dining room they'd be right there when I needed them. Um, and so recognizing like, okay, why, why does she do that? Well, why do I think that it's okay for me just to leave my stuff all over and that, and why do I think I should be offended when someone puts it where it belongs? For example, I think that's my only thing I get annoyed about though, because I'm so easygoing. (laughs) That's a classic one. (laughs) Moving, moving your stuff. I know that's been a, issue with with Sarah and I in in small ways but I leave my stuff out and and she moves it and I can't find it I I've my mom and my stepdad I I think that's pretty I don't want to say universal but close to it yeah does it does it almost always seem to go in that direction that it's in male female couples that it's the dude leaving things out yeah yeah seems like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's talk about another one. And then I want to talk about distinguishing between something that's toxic. So people recognize it's not something to necessarily overlook. But one of the things Mm. with uh, having a kid now is it adds a layer, just adds a layer to everything. But for me, it seems really silly. And, but sitting up straight, like, at the dinner table and just when you're sitting is important to me. And and it's probably because when I was growing up, that was like harped on by my parents and like table manners, whatever. And so I don't really explicitly say anything to Sarah about it, but I'm, I drop like hints or like I'll sit up straight myself. And it's kind of like, hey, look at me. Why don't you sit up too? (laughs) And also, 
wanting to set a good example for, for Stella. So how could we talk about something like that? If I want Sarah to just practice better posture and to set an example, it could be a bit touchy. Oh, it's so touchy. Yeah, especially with something like posture where there's such, there's a kind of, there's a virtue associated with with sitting up straight and and it's kind of like the old, maybe I guess the the current ones too, the highlights highlights magazines with Goofus and Gallant, right? Goofus slouches at the table uh, and and has bad manners. Gallant sits up straight and says please and thank you. So I think you know all the things that we've talked about so far apply, you know, about making space and and uh, bring it up in a, in a respectful way. And and maybe with these kinds of things, especially um, being aware of, of our own issues coming into it, because, I mean, we each have a family of origin that, that we're coming from, and maybe we, we assume that sitting up is the thing to do, or it was really important, because that's what we were taught. Maybe we were, maybe that was hammered into us as a kid, and we said, you know what, when I have a table of my own and a family of my own, I'm going to sit however I darn well please. Um, but, but we, you know, it's, it's good to take a, a look with what, what some of those issues might be. And then, you know, to discuss it as, uh, as respectfully as possible. And, you know, probably acknowledging up front, like, you know, I, I, I I'm a little um, hesitant to bring this up because I don't, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, you know, make you feel self-conscious about, about how you're sitting. And then, I mean, expect it and allow it to be a little messy. I mean, these having real conversations about important things with someone we love, it's often a messy business. And so if we can, can let, it, let it have some degree of messiness, you're not expected to all be neat and tidy and no one's going to get their feelings uh, hurt or, or, um, or get annoyed in the process, then... Um, I mean, we're probably setting ourselves up to to feel like, oh no, this is this is this is wrong. I shouldn't have brought it up, or this is going badly. Versus, this is a difficult conversation. It's going to be difficult to have, and and hopefully, before we launch into it, we've done some kind of rough calculation to to get a sense of whether it's, it's worth what it might cost. I think it's also important to follow one of your first steps that you mentioned, which was when you are asking your partner or telling them what bothers them that you then listen to them because I don't know, Chase and I have never really talked about this posture behavior being annoying, but if he was to ask me, like I would say, well, my mom harped on me a lot too when I was younger about posture. And so it really triggers me when you do it because then I feel like it's a parenting issue for me. And so I think it's important to have that dialogue because then there's some disclosure as to why it really bothers me versus just being told to, you know, sit, sit up straight. Mm. Yeah. It's such a, an awkward position to be in to feel like you're being treated like, like one of the kids. Yeah. I don't think anyone, anyone likes that. There are layers of complexity yeah. in, in everyone and <laughs> just Sarah highlights it. And so approaching it with, you don't have to tiptoe around it, but you do so in a in a uh, constructive manner using the tools that you've given us. Uh, it puts you halfway to being successful. 
I do like to add that although in the moment I find it annoying to feel parented by Chase, I know he has good intentions and I know that the result of having good posture is beneficial to my health. So that's where I need to look inside and question why does it bother me so much? Why does it trigger me? And see if I can work through that to kind of come out the other side and take it as it's a kind of a caring request for Stella and me. Yeah. And that that assumption of good intentions goes such a long way, doesn't it? It does. It makes you think about the scenario or the situation really completely differently. Before we wrap up, Seth, can you give us some examples of toxic behaviors that someone listening wouldn't just want to classify as, oh, that's annoying and let's figure that out in more of a surface level conversation, like the things we've talked about previously? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, any kind of emotional abuse, I think, where it's you know, clearly the person is not, um, I mean, we wouldn't call the things that we're describing abusive. You know, there may be inconsiderate or um, irritating, but, um, but there's no, you know, a person doesn't set out to have power over another person or to uh, deliberately make them feel bad about themselves or put them down. So, uh, you know, manipulative behaviors, lying, um, or, you know, other types of, of gaslighting where really we're trying to get the person to doubt their own reality so that we can uh, exert complete control over them. Um, and, and certainly any kind of physical abuse. Um, those are not the, the types of behaviors we're talking about. That's not, this is, again, there's, there, there needs to be that, that background of you know, mutual, mutual respect and love and consideration. And, uh, cause you can build on that, but you can't build on a foundation when one person is completely groundless and, and, and toxic. Well, thank you for that important distinction, Seth. And, Thank you for helping solve our chocolate problems in the relationship. My chocolate problems, really. But in all seriousness, I think it's been a great conversation for Sarah and I and hopefully for our listeners. So let's wrap up by having you tell us where we can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Great. Yes. So probably the easiest place to find me is at my website, SethGillahan.com. You can find links there to my books, my podcast, and a couple of blogs that I write, one on psychology today. Excellent. We'll have all those links in your book on the show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Chase. It was great to be here with you. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, we also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, we encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, 
We are all here for each other. Um, the group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship. We hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com